Welcome in. It's Brewers Weekly here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauly. Happy for the next hour, taking you till 9 o'clock. We are talking all things Brewers baseball. Brewers just coming off a series where they took two of three against the Cubs. Off day today, back at it tomorrow when they welcome in the San Francisco Giants. That will be the final non-divisional series for the Brewers until the final weekend when they welcome in the uh, Detroit Tigers, so an interleague matchup at the end of the season. If you want to talk Brewers with me, you can do so by calling or texting into the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620. That's uh, the number you call. It's also the number you text. You can also tweet at me if you would like. I'll keep the uh, Twitter account open throughout the course of the program. At Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. If you don't follow me and you want to follow me, that'd be great, but you don't have to follow me to tweet at me. I'll keep uh, an eye out on the uh, on the mentions throughout the uh, course of the evening. Here's what we've got coming up on the program today. In about seven minutes, we are going to be joined by Lane Grindle, Brewers radio broadcaster. We'll get his take on the current state of the team. Oh, yeah, by the way, this needs to be said for some people out there who are still not happy with the uh, production of the team so far, which I, I know is the minority. Uh, but the Brewers have the second-best record in the National League still. Only the Cubs have a better record than the Brewers in the National League. So uh, the current state of the team is... Um, is is good. All right, so we'll get into that. Uh, we'll get we'll touch on the Christian Yelich thing. We, we'll get back into it. Obviously, it's been a, a firestorm here over the last thirty or so hours uh, that Christian Yelich was not in the lineup yesterday, and I've got some pretty strong opinions on it. And we'll go through it a little bit coming up uh, later on in the program. About eight twenty-two is when uh, we will do that. And there's been a lot of talk about the AAA future of the Brewers now that the Colorado Springs Sky Sox are no more. Uh, we now don't know where the Brewers will have their AAA team moving forward. I know where they might have their team. I can give you a list of places that I can pretty much promise you it's going to be one of these locations, and I can tell you the benefits and the negatives to all of those different spots but uh, we don't know for sure. But I'll do that later on. We'll kind of break down the AAA situation. Again, if you want to uh, join the program, feel free to give us a call, 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. That is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Um, we're going to revisit Christian Yelich with phone calls after we talk with Lane Grindle. So if you want to get into this Christian Yelich thing, I guess you can call right now, but you're going to be on hold for a while. So you might as well wait a little bit because I know you might want to respond to what I'm about to say. If Christian Yelich walked into the ballpark yesterday, he was 100%. He was ready to go. There was zero soreness. There was zero tightness. He, they're, they're just like, it was like he was coming out of the first day of spring training and his health was perfect. And Craig Council said, no, you can't play. Then Craig Council made a wrong decision. That's not what happened yesterday. He needed a day off. Whether he requested the day off, whether they saw something. You know, even the day before, uh, up until, his first three at-bats were not very good. Uh, the day before on the game that they won, uh, the Saturday game. No, 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 I'm getting my days all uh, mixed together. The Tuesday game. Uh, he came around uh, in his final couple of bats ready to walk, and he had a big hit. But he didn't look great. And, oh, yeah, by the way, 
the guys that replaced him in the lineup yesterday between Hernan Perez and Curtis Granderson, who were both in the two spot at one point during the day, they had a really nice day at the plate, and Yelich still came in and got a pinch hit late. So the only way you can tell me that Craig Council made the wrong decision in sitting down Christian Yelich yesterday is if you are his doctor or you are the training staff or you are working inside of that clubhouse and you know all the details. If you don't know all the details and you're just assuming, oh, Craig Council doesn't know what he's doing, well, how dare he sit down Christian Yelich in this huge game. If if you don't know all the details, you can't make that comment. You know what? There is a 0.001% chance that Christian Yelich was as healthy as he's ever been yesterday, and Craig Council said, I'm going to give you a day of rest because you've been playing so much. I don't believe that's the case, and if that is the case, fine. Craig Council's wrong. But that's not what happened. He needed a day. He was banged up. He needed a day. And I, I cannot believe, I cannot believe all the people who are moaning and complaining about this when you have no clue... What what was going on behind closed doors? And Craig Council has one job. It's to win baseball games. His job isn't to tell you the injury status of Christian Yelich. That's not his job. His job is to win baseball games. And there's only one team in the National League that has won more games than the Brewers. So guess what? If Craig Council's job is to win baseball games, Craig Council is doing his job Better than the manager of the Cardinals, better than the manager of the Rockies, better than the manager of the Braves, better than the manager of the Dodgers, Diamondbacks, Phillies, Nationals, Pirates, Giants, Mets, Reds, Marlins, Padres. Doing it better than all of them. That's his job, to go win games. Guess what? He's winning a lot of games. Lane Grindle joins us next. It's Brewers Weekly, back with more in a moment on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly rolls on here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley, 414-799-1620, 414-799-1620. It's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet into the program if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air. Let's bring in, it is uh, the Hunt for Brew October, sponsored by West Bend, the Silver Lining, as we do bring in Brewers radio broadcaster Lane Grendel. And Lane, I'm going to kind of open up the curtain a little bit. We got a we have a very deep conversation to have here. Okay. Yes yesterday during the game, I went into the cafeteria area to get some lemonade and I caught you and Kent Sommerfeld going into the kitchen area like back in the back and I think you were getting some food that was maybe off limits to us normal people. <laughs> what what was going on there? Well, we keep some contraband back there. <laughs> Twizzlers um you know, M and M's are popular back there, um, and then you know sometimes there's surprises back there. Yesterday there was some Starburst back there because it's usually the stuff that's put out on the table, but that stuff gets put away. You know, fourth, fifth inning, whenever it is, and um, you know we have a map that shows us where the treasure is, and we follow it in there when we need to late in the inning. All right, we we just we just let the world know. So when. When you and Jeff are doing the broadcast, you can just go to town on Starburst. That's really my my primary role is to eat a lot uh, during those home games, and so I I've done a good job. I've had a solid season in that regard this year. Now the Brewers have the second best record in the National League. Would you put yourself at that level in terms of your eating of snacks this year? I'd say I'm I'm high on that list. Yeah, 
Um, I have a thing uh, with Cedar Crest ice cream. I mean, it's not a thing with Cedar Crest ice cream, but it's, it's a, a little bit of a superstition, if you will, in the booth between Kim Sommerfeld and myself where um, if the Brewers are behind late in the game, we open up the cooler of Cedar Crest ice cream, and we call it Rally Ice Cream, and I will have a bowl of ice cream in the eighth inning or whatever it may be. And I, I, I'm not saying the ice cream has any kind of magical power, but it seems like when we go to the ice cream, the brewers usually find some way to mount a comeback. And so um, that, that's, that's a big part of the night, typically, uh, if, the, if the crew's in a tight contest or if it's tied late or if they're behind late. Um, so that, that gets consumed occasionally. Um, and then, um, you know, you sit back there and you're doing some other work and you're watching the game and you're, you're doing maybe some prep, uh, where you're looking ahead to the next road trip that you're on. And so sometimes you like some snacks to keep you company. So I would say I've been very consistent, uh, over the course of the season. That would be, I think, the best way to break that down. Brewers radio broadcaster and, uh, eater extraordinaire Lane Grindle continuing to join us here on Brewers Weekly. The ice cream notwithstanding, isn't it remarkable? Even if they don't finish the comeback, you know, like yesterday they made noise in the ninth inning. I, I have a hard time remembering a game where it's close, where it's within two, three, four runs, where the Brewers don't make some sort of noise in the ninth, don't get runners on. It really is remarkable how often they're able to do that. Yeah, and I think, honestly, Matt, I think that's going to be the norm over the course of the, these last 22 games um, and then hopefully over the course of the postseason as well for this team, uh, maybe a little bit different in the postseason because the rosters will go back down. But uh, I think with these expanded rosters and the moves the Brewers have made, it really gives Craig Council so many different options off the bench late in games to play matchup with some of these opposing managers. And it, I think it, it can drive an opposing manager crazy a little bit. I, I don't know that Joe Madden on Monday knew exactly what he wanted to do or how he wanted to do things because he knew guys like Travis Shaw and Mike Moustakis and Curtis Granderson were sitting on the Brewers bench. And so when do you go to the right-hander? Do you have to have a left-hander up behind him? It's really, I, I think it's a little bit challenging for opposing managers against this Brewers lineup right now. So as long as the Brewers are within striking distance late, I think they believe that they're going to find a way to pull it out, and I, I think that's been something we've seen just here in this last week since rosters have expanded over the weekend, how dangerous the Brewers are going to be late in games because of all the different options that Craig Council has right now. We knew that those guys that would get called up would make a big impact in September because they're guys who have been up and down during the course of the year. It's part of the organizational depth that's really good. And most of those, not most, but many of those guys on the AAA roster had, had been up and down through the year. But then for them to go add a, a Curtis Granderson and make those moves, it, it just created even more depth. It's amazing how, I keep saying the word depth, but it really is amazing how much there is of it on that 40-man roster. Yeah, and we talked about it, Matt, all season long about the depth of this team, not just position player wise, but, you know, having a guy that hit 30 home runs stashed in AAA this year, having a 2020 guy stashed in AAA for a good chunk of the year in Domingo Santana and Keon Broxton, respectfully. But also, you, you have uh, a lot of different arms that have had a big impact on this year. We saw Brandon Woodruff come up and make a huge impact, obviously, on Sunday at Nationals Park against, against the Nats in that win for the crew. But uh, all of that being said, we've talked about the depth all year long, and it certainly helped the Brewers get to this point. But now this is, this is the month where I think you really see it come to fruition 
again, because of expanded rosters. Expanded rosters maybe aren't everybody's friend, but I think with the roster and the 40-man roster specifically that David Stearns and company have put together, this is where it can really be a big benefit for the Brewers. And they're also, by the way, not playing as many games as some of these other teams are down the stretch. And so uh, I, I think those are things that the Brewers really have going for them right now. I was surprised... Christian Yelich got a day off. You always want Christian Yelich in the lineup. I get that. But he got a day off, and Craig Council's not just giving him a day off willy-nilly when he's walking into the ballpark and he's at 100% and he's ready to go. There's always a reason behind those decisions, despite the fact that it was a valid reason, not that we have to be given that reason. Uh, it was a valid reason. There was such a blowback. Were you at all surprised by the reaction yesterday, maybe more so on social media than anywhere else, when Christian Yelich wasn't in the lineup? I would say I'm never surprised at what goes on on social media. You know, um, I, I'm never surprised by that because um, social media, that's just the, the, the name of the game these days with social media. Everybody has a voice and everybody can react to, to everything. But I, I think when, when I looked at that situation, he, look, he played in 42 straight games. He's playing at an incredible clip. And it's, it was probably time to give him one of those days off at some point here over these next few days. Um, and and to, to time it up where you can have back-to-back days, I think is extra beneficial. This is a guy that the Brewers are going to ride to the playoffs. I mean, this is, this is if not the guy, he's one of the two or three guys. Well, Lorenzo Cain and Jesus Aguilar. And I think you throw Travis Shaw in that mix, and Ryan Braun has been certainly much better over the second half. But Christian Yelich is the guy that's really making this thing go right now, along with Lorenzo Cain. So uh, I was fine with giving him a night off. Uh, I, I know Christian believes you play every day. Um, that's That's something that he told me on our pregame show last week in Cincinnati. Um, he's a big believer in being in the lineup every day, competing every day, and especially at this time of year. So uh, my guess is if he if he felt good to go, he wanted to be out there. And, and he's probably one of those guys sometimes you got to say, hey, Christian, you need to take a day because it's going to make you better in the long run. It's going to make us better down the stretch. And, and you're going to be in there every day from this point forward. I, I bet you he doesn't have any more days off the rest of the way at this juncture. And um, I think, look, he, he gets in there last night and immediately impacts the game with a base hit and makes things, inter- makes things interesting in the ninth inning. Um, I, I, that's the, the tough part, I think, of managing a roster and managing these players that is a lot easier to second-guess when you're in the stands or when you're – you're watching the game or listening to the game, and, and, and you maybe don't understand all the intricacies of keeping guys fresh and keeping guys healthy and getting the most out of guys. And those are things that Craig Council has been very, very good at over the course of his career. Last question for Lane Grindle. One of the good things about social media is we get candid pictures of Lane and his family playing kickball in the backyard. You can see that right now at Lane Grindle on Twitter. Lane, when you're playing kickball against the kids, like what percent are you going at? Are you at a hundred percent, fifty percent? Does it depend like on does it depend on which kids, you know, rolling the ball do you take take me through your uh, your strategy? I show no mercy. I'm very competitive. My wife's very competitive too, and so um it, it has also come through in our kids, so it gets pretty competitive. We were playing a, kind of a friendly, harmless game of kickball, and it got pretty competitive uh, tonight. I'm not going to lie. It was fun. We had a blast. When you have as many humans living under one roof as we do, um, you can you can do some of those types of things, like field a, a three-on-three kickball game. But uh, it, it was a good time. 
Uh, I lost, I think, I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and say this since I'm doing the interview. I'm pretty sure my team was ahead when we stopped for dinner. Um, so I'm proud of that. Um, my wife, not so proud of that. But um, it was a competitive game, and it was a back-and-forth game. But we, we pulled it out in the end. Lane, great stuff. We're going to do this. Uh, people should know we're going to have a, a conversation with you every single week on Brewers Weekly till the end of the season, and hopefully we are talking uh, deep into what we are calling Brew October. Uh, appreciate the time, as always. We'll see you at the ballpark tomorrow. You bet. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it, man. Yep. Lane Grendel joining us here on Brewers Weekly. 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620. It is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you'd like to join us, we'll get into the Christian Yelich deal. Uh, you know, I had somebody, I, I completely disagreed with them during Brewers' uh, extra innings last night, but I had somebody call in and put together a very salient point on why they were uh, upset about the Christian Yelich not being in the lineup thing. I'm, it's not like if you disagree with me, you can't call in and argue with me. I, I, it's, it's fun to, uh, to do that in a constructive manner. I just, I just don't think any of us have the information to really evaluate it, and it gets frustrating for me when a bunch of people just make these assumptions. 414-799-1620. It's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Tax Line. Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly rolling on here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. If you want to join us, you can do so on the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Tax Line. 414-799-1620. It's 414-799-1620. Continuing to revisit the Christian Yelich not being in the lineup situation from yesterday. And again, I'll say it. If Christian Yelich was 100% healthy yesterday, I think he's in the lineup. But we're, we're not going to be told. And I, I want somebody to call me and tell me that Christian Yelich should have been in the lineup yesterday and then back that up with 100% certifiable, certifiable evidence that he was healthy enough and he was good to go and his body didn't require rest yesterday. That happens. If somebody calls up and does that, I will back off. If the Brewers team doctor wants to call into the program and say, Christian Yelich was 100% yesterday and I don't know why Craig Council rested him, well, I'll back off. But until I get somebody who's got some certifiable evidence, I'm not backing off. Let's see if Scott and Delvin does. Hey, Scott, you're on WTMJ. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, you know, I totally agree. Yelich should have been in the game yesterday. And I get, you know, giving him two days off in a row is really good for him. But versus the Cubs, you got to put him in the starting lineup and give him a rest um, tomorrow. And as far as I'm concerned, I don't know what you think um, – Granderson, as hot as he's been ever since he came to the Brewers, he could start in his place as a lefty off the in the bench, I guess, but start him. Scott, can I stop you for a second? Yeah. How how do you know? I think I think Craig Council said yesterday that he saw something in the Tuesday game from Yelich. And guys have sore legs and so forth at this time of the year. And sometimes playing the outfield can really affect you. What evidence, what do you know that other that I don't know that you can sit here and say that Christian Yelich absolutely his body was in a position where he was able to play nine innings in the field yesterday? Honestly, I can't. But, I mean... We're heading down the stretch here. Yelich is a gamer. If he truly could not play, why do you put him in there in a pinch hitting role in the ninth? There's a big difference between going to the plate and playing the field. That's the reason why guys in the American League who are banged up DH all the time. It's a different it's a different impact from if you've got some stuff going on in the lower body, it's different. I'm not claiming that he did 
but he might have. And that's why that's where people who say he absolutely 100% should have been in the game yesterday, where I disagree is we don't know what's going on with him. If he was really sore, if his lower body was giving him some trouble and he was not going to be able, if that was not going to be a good situation for him to play in the outfield yesterday, why are we questioning a decision by a manager who's led this team to the second-best record in the National League? I mean, what, that's a valid point. But, I mean, a lot of us question a lot of things Craig does, and Craig knows his players better than ever anyone else. But, um, I mean, why did he stick uh, Why did he stick Hater in there for the third inning when obviously he said a few days ago that he should he needed a rest and whatnot, and he stuck him in there for a third inning, and then he gave up a game tying run. Like I'm not question. I don't want to question counsel, but there is every manager has those decisions. But honestly, Yelich starting yesterday would have probably been a good decision. Maybe they should have taken him out sooner in that eleven to one win. You know, the day before, if he needed rest or he saw something or something, that he was getting some tired legs or whatnot. But I, I honestly have not seen Yelich, and he's a gamer. He's going to do it the best of his ability. If you were going to dinner, you know, it's a, it's an off day. If you and Craig Council were having dinner tonight, Scott, and he said to you, Scott, i got to tell you this, but you can't tell anybody else. Christian's legs were really sore. He could barely walk around the clubhouse and i knew those legs just could not take nine innings in the field would you accept that answer from him i would accept it but i'd also question why he played as much as he did and didn't get off days like brawny i mean brawny gets off days yelich isn't a young i mean he's younger than braun yes but i mean everybody needs off days why did you play yelich as much as he did all right scott i'm gonna let you go on that one because you, th- that's a tough comparison when you're comparing a guy and ryan braun who is significantly older than christian yelich and has had back surgeries and has a hard time staying healthy and everything th- those are two different kind of guys you know christian yelich is a play in almost every game kind of guy Ryan Braun is not that anymore. 414-799-1620 is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll continue to take phone calls next. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly rolling on here on WTMJ. Matt Pauley's my name. If you want to join the program, 414-799-1620. It's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Micah from McGuanago says, even if Yelich had played yesterday, I don't think the Brewers would have won. The Cubs were just hitting very well yesterday, and after two losses, it was unlikely that they were going to lose a third. And, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, the the guys who were in for Christian Yelich in the two spot and Aaron Perez and Curtis Granderson they had a perfectly fine day at the plate and you still got a hit from from Yelich. Got another guy on uh, Twitter tweeting in at me and saying, "Then why don't I prove that he was hurt? It's not my job to prove that he was hurt. I'm saying, and I, again, hurts the wrong word. Banged up, sore, needing a day is the term. And I, Craig Council's good at his job." And he's good at his job because he has good players, and he puts those players in positions to succeed. And when those players are at a point where maybe they need a day, he gives them a day. And that's what happened. I think I don't think he was 100% yesterday, Yelich. I think that's why he's not in the lineup. And 
he gave him a day. So don't give me this bull you-know-what about why don't you prove he was hurt. Guess what? Craig Council doesn't owe you a thing except to try to put his team in position to win games on an every-single-day basis. He doesn't owe you a full medical report. This guy's got a little bit of an achy calf. This guy's ankle is a little bit off. This guy's shoulder is uh, being yelled at. He's been in the trainer's room for the last few days. He doesn't owe that to you. What he owes to you as a ticket-buying, merchandise-buying, television, radio-watching, listening consumer of Brewers baseball is a team that goes out and competes every night and wins as many games as they can And as I keep saying, they have the second-best record in the National League. Mike's in Illinois. Hey, Mike, you're on WTMJ. Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, I disagree with the previous call. I believe that uh, keeping Christian out uh, was the right thing to do. He's a thoroughbred. He's obviously tweaked a little bit. Who knows what happened? Plus, I believe he was hitting 111 against Quintana, lefty against lefty. Council's playing the matchup. It just makes makes sense. And like you said, he played played right against... uh, Quintana, Quintana, he's a good pitcher. Also, uh, I'm down in Chicago, so I hear the Bullholes talking about Yellow should have been in. Rizzo played hurt. Again, no one knows what what's going through Council's mind, but I agree. I mean, give him a day off, maybe two now, but he still got in the game. They didn't lose because he was uh, not in. They lost because they couldn't hit with the bases loaded, and uh, Thames and the guy couldn't hit with two guys on the ninth. That thing caused a loss, Yellow. Not playing, in my opinion. It just said people are griping. He needs the rest. He's a thoroughbred. That's all I'm going to say. All right, Mike. I appreciate the phone call. If the reason they lost yesterday was their inability to get that proverbial big hit, uh, their inability to field the ball. You look at the, the the inning where they committed a couple of errors there in the fourth inning. That's why. Um, guys are going to get days off. It's the way things are. Did it? Is it a little bit disappointing? when you're playing against your rival that you're trying to chase down in the division and an MVP caliber player isn't in the lineup? Sure. I'm not, I'm not saying that looking at that situation and being bummed about it isn't a legit response. Like I think any Brewers fan can say, man, Yelich isn't in the lineup today against the Cubs. That, that kind of stinks. But it's that next step. It's that, well, what are they doing? They don't know what they're doing out there. This is crazy. Like it, uh, that's where that's where it's going too far. It would have been great to have him in the lineup today. For whatever reason, he wasn't in the lineup. I think we can assume that the reason that he wasn't in the lineup was a very valid reason. And we live in this world where we all think that we deserve a full explanation on what's going on, and we don't. Maybe that's. Maybe that's kind of like an NFL deal. You know, the NFL has the required injury reports. So when when it got, you know, you've got probable, you got questionable, what's going on with them, and that's a weekly thing. Uh, actually, it's a daily thing. They issue a, an injury report in the NFL uh, generally Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So maybe maybe that's where fans are coming from here. Maybe they're just accustomed to this you know, especially now that we're getting to Packers season, accustomed to being told all aspects of guys being banged up and guys dealing with injuries and everything. Well, you know what? It doesn't work that way in baseball. If Major League Baseball wants to implement a policy where managers have to give a full injury report on their team, and if a guy is in the the trainer's room 
or if a guy might miss a game because he's a little bit banged up, that has to be released, well, then Major League Baseball can do that, and managers can adjust the way they go about things. But until then, you, for me, I think you assume that the correct decisions are being made. Craig Council wants to win baseball games. Anybody who doesn't think he wants to win baseball games is insane. He wants to win baseball games. He has a player who is an MVP caliber player. He wants to have him in the lineup as often as possible. When he's not in the lineup, there is a good reason why. And it's not my job to tell you what that reason is when that reason is not publicly mentioned. Now, if if reporters want to go out, if Christian Yelich wants to say something in the clubhouse afterwards, like if if it comes out, that's fine. But to get a oh, to get a tweet that says I need to be telling people uh, I need to prove that he was banged up, um, that's a joke. That's a big old joke right there. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. The Acunet Mortgage Talking Text Line. We're gonna get off this conversation and we're gonna move to something a little bit more happy. Yesterday, there were two things going on on Brewers' uh, social media from fans. Uh, the being upset about Christian Yelich not being in the lineup. And it also kind of caught fire of people starting to realize that the Brewers' AAA affiliate no longer exists. And they're going to be in a different city come next year. What city will that be in? I'm going to do my best to give you an idea of the landscape. We don't know what city they're going to be in, but I can give you a few different paths that they're going to potentially walk down for uh, where the AAA city is going to be next year. We will uh, do that next. It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly continues here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. If you want to join the program, 414-799-1620. It's the Yankee Net Mortgage Talk and Text Line. A lot of questions over the last few days about what the Brewers' minor league future at the AAA level is going to look like. And the reason that conversation has gotten stirred back up is the fact that uh, the Brewers' AAA affiliate that had been in Colorado Springs finished off their season, and that AAA franchise is moving to San Antonio. So at that point, a lot of people assume that, oh, okay, so the Brewers are going to have their AAA team in San Antonio. That's not the case. I can almost 100% guarantee you that they are not going to have their AAA team in San Antonio this year. I believe, I've been told from people who know what they're talking about, I have been told that the Texas Rangers are going to leave their AAA team in Round Rock, Texas, and they're going to go into San Antonio. And I've been told that the Houston Astros, who are currently in Fresno, are going to leave uh, Fresno and go into Round Rock. I've also been told that uh, that the Oakland A's are leaving Nashville, which is kind of interesting. Uh, the New York Mets actually bought a AAA team in the International League, so they're leaving Las Vegas, and they're going there. The That team that they bought is currently with the Washington Nationals, so the Nationals are losing their AAA affiliation, so they're going to be uh, looking for a new team as well. So basically... All that being said, I know we need like an abacus or a flowchart to keep everything together here. The Brewers are, there's three AAA teams and three major league organizations, and those three teams are going to be matched up with each other somehow, some way. The three AAA teams are Fresno, Nashville, and Las Vegas. Now, there's positive and negatives to all of them. A lot of people would love to see the Brewers back with Nashville. 
I don't know if that's going to happen. There were a lot of hurt feelings when the Brewers got kicked out of Nashville four years ago. You know, the Brewers sat through playing in just a horrendous ballpark situation for a number of years. And the Brewers helped that uh, organization get a new ballpark built. The Brewers there when they broke ground on it. And then all of a sudden, they get the new beautiful ballpark in downtown Nashville. And Nashville kicked out the Brewers for Oakland. And Oakland was coming off an incredible run of AAA success at Sacramento. And uh, they just have not been able to repeat that in Nashville, and now those two sides are going to go their various uh, directions. So Nashville is open. The big question is, can the two sides that each side hurt their feelings, would those two sides ever come back together? Las Vegas, I think, is the best situation that's open. It's going to be a brand-new ballpark that's being built right now. It's going to be out in the suburbs of Vegas. It's going to be a great situation. And you judge AAA teams on a few different things, one of them is the ability to get in and out of the city easily. There's there's really not an airport that's better than Las Vegas in terms of being able to get everywhere. So I, I would love to see the Las Vegas situation. I think it would be very good. That's going to be... Uh, that's going to be a situation that's going to be fought after. And I, I don't have a great feeling that they'll end up in Vegas, but I think that'd be a good situation. And then the third situation is Fresno. Now, Fresno is the worst of the three. But here's something that might just happen. If they end up in Fresno, and I know we're talking like really long range here, but I'll make a prediction here. If they end up in Fresno, I think that might end up being a two-year deal. The AAA baseball team in New Orleans is moving to Wichita, and they're getting a brand-new ballpark in Wichita. And I think the Brewers in Wichita would make sense. The Royals are not going to leave Omaha. The Royals have been in Omaha forever, and that's been a, that's been a great situation. So if Wichita can't get the Royals, uh, I think they would jump at the opportunity to get another team that's in the basic uh, geographic region. So I could see a scenario where if the Brewers do end up with Fresno at this uh, here in the next uh, month or so when all these things are figured out, I I could really easily see them only spending two years in Fresno and then maybe ending up in Wichita two years from now, which with the, with the brand-new ballpark is going to be a great situation. So really, I, I think the three things that could happen is they could end up back in Nashville if everybody can just put the, put their nice faces on and come back together. Uh, could possibly end up in uh, Vegas. And I think if they end up in Fresno, that really opens up the door for them maybe to end up in Wichita two years later. So there's your... Uh, I know there's a lot of moving parts right there, and the, the business of minor league baseball is sometimes convoluted. I see people say on Twitter all the time, well, why don't the Brewers just put a A team in Madison? Well, it doesn't work that way. These A baseball teams, they are not owned by the organization. Sometimes the organization owns them, like the Brewers own uh, their high A team, the Carolina Mudcats. But for the most part... Uh, these teams are owned by independent owners. And then minor league baseball has charters with all these various cities. So you just can't be moving teams around and everything. There's a process that, uh, that, that goes along with that. So it's not like the Brewers can just put a triple A team wherever they want. There's, uh, different hoops that you do have to, uh, jump through to make all those things happen. 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620. That is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We will uh, break for one more time, and then when we come back, we'll look ahead to the weekend. 
going to have a Brewers pitcher making their debut. What's that going to look like? We'll talk about it next. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Starting to wrap up this edition of Brewers Weekly here on WTMJ. has been uh, a good conversation today. A lot of stuff to uh, get into. Brewers off today. They are back at it tomorrow as they will open up a three-game weekend series against the San Francisco Giants. Pitching matchup over the next, uh, pitching matchups, I should say, over the next few days. Uh, tomorrow, you'll have Chase Anderson getting the start for the crew. The right-hander 9-7 and seven with a 3.96 ERA. Derek Holland, the left-hander, will go for the Giants as the, the Brewers continue to be on a run of facing left-handed starters. And that's not great for the Brewers. They are not as good against left-handed starters as they are right-handed starters with their uh, loss yesterday. They're an even 500, 18 and 18 against lefties this year compared with a 61 and 44 record against righties. But they'll face a lefty tomorrow. Then on Saturday, Saturday's a big game because Saturday we're going to see Gio Gonzalez making his Brewers debut. He was acquired right before the waiver trade deadline. And this is a guy who, if he can find a way to um, get back the form that he had last year and throughout much of his career, talk about a guy who could absolutely be a difference maker over the final month or so of the season. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Gio Gonzalez. I'm excited I'm not going to judge him off this first start, but I am excited to see him especially get this first start in the books and then kind of getting into the lab with uh, Brewers pitching coach uh, Derek Johnson after that because DJ is really good at at helping guys find their best self. And uh, that's... uh, We'll see whether or not uh, he can uh, he can do that with him. So that's going to be something interesting to watch here uh, with Gio Gonzalez over the next few weeks. Seven ten first pitch tomorrow. That means our coverage will begin at six thirty five Saturday. The six ten first pitch and Sunday is a one ten first pitch. And just another reminder for you: the standings in the National League. Cubs do have the best record overall in the National League, but the Brewers four games back of the Cub. Cubs, excuse me, they have the second best record in the National League, and that's a that's a good place to be. There's a bunch of teams bunched up together, but the Brewers, here we are, sitting on September 6th. They have the second best record in the NL. I think you would have taken that before the season got started. We'll talk to you tomorrow after the game with Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ.